Faz um dia que ela não sai Agora que terminou, ninguém te segura mais Felicidade é ser livre, independência é liberdade Ela só quer paz, e ela só quer paz Double wood, a nice hard morning wood is what I get from taking double wood supplements. Nussbaum, we've had this sponsorship or this deal for a long time. We haven't made the video yet, but you finally got on it and you've been taking it for about two weeks now and it's freaking nice, isn't it? How's that for an attention getter to start off a podcast? My God, they're not leaving this podcast now. They're not. Um, especially with these glasses, if you're watching the uh, visual version, you look like Neo from the Matrix in your yellow banana polo. But no, yeah, it's nice. I uh, I told a couple of my buddies about it. The immediate reaction was, "What what the hell are you doing taking crank pills for?" But what I feel, I don't I don't get the, the double the literal double one that you're getting. But what I feel more so is like an aura and like a confidence that you feel as if you exude. Therefore, you do exude. I, I just feel like I'm walking around like a, a gorilla in the jungle with meaning, with purpose. You're always on to the next thing. Everything's like a little game, kind of like a muse mastery, which we'll get into. But that's that, that's how I feel on these things. Yeah, so it's Tanga Ali Extract. I remember reading about it uh, a year or so ago on Reddit, I believe. It's natural. It's not like um, Bluetooth or one of those like boner pills like this stuff is actually like helps your testosterone a couple other things It's a natural plant and yeah, it's amazing and we reached out to that double wood supplements on Instagram They had like a smaller account so like oh my god We can maybe get a deal with these these bad boys and they're very friendly very nice We still need to make this freaking uh, Instagram reel for them, but what is it bold 15 15% off the whole website, right? Yeah, bold 15. I got a few bucks knocked off mine we will be making some sort of promo soon. I and I, I you told me to take it, so I actually believe in it, and and I do believe in it. I've taken it for probably three weeks now, and sometimes I'll go a day without doing it just to make sure it's not like some placebo. I don't believe it is. Uh, I just feel like I'm wired a little quicker, a little stronger when I do take them. Do you take two a day? I take one after my breakfast, and then I haven't tried the two a day yet. It depends. Sometimes I don't take it. And some days I'm like, oh, I need a boost. I'm going to take two. It's more of a subtle, subtle effect. So you might want to take it daily. But no, I love it. I love it. It's a, it's a beautiful supplement. I've always been into nootropics since I was little. And the ones that work, they work. So I like it a lot. Nussbaum, I'm in Florianapolis. I'm almost in your time zone again. It feels good. You're, you're, you just took a little break from the work. You're in your car. We're recording. Hey. Once a car guy, always a car guy. I'm back, baby. They call me automobile nuz. Little lunch break for me. Yeah, I'm used to uh, your bedtime being like my 4 p.m. or so. So I, we actually, hey, we had some dedication communication-wise. Dedication to communication. Because um, it was interesting. You were on the opposite side of the world. Now you're in Brazil. I think you're two hours ahead, which is child's play to us. We can coordinate that all day especially on this Tonga Ali called Bold 15. Time zone coordination comes with it, baby. No, 100%. I had a nice summer of love in Italia. It was hard saying goodbye. I was having some weird feelings. But the other day I was on the beach in Brazil with some Brazilians, and I'm like, holy bleep. Life is good. I love this, this adventure. Um, I think it's always... When you get a taste of comfort, you know, and you're worried about leaving it, which I was in Italy, you just got to take it. And there's always, you're always going to have the thing in Italy. You're always going to have, you want to go back to it or, or a place, but go take it, see what happens. And I remember sitting on the beach because that's why I told you I was in love. I hadn't been in love in a long time. And uh, I, was on the, I was on the beach the other day and I'm like, you know what? Like I had those feelings, but. I feel freaking amazing here in Brazil. This place is, it's the magic magic island in Florianapolis and and life is good. But I don't know, what were we going to talk about that? Dealing with uh, kind of a little relationship action and, and whatnot? Yeah, we can get into it. And, uh, you know, talking to you, it's always interesting, Nick, because you got, uh, you got a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, there's an old tale or an old saying, if you 
try to catch uh, multiple bunnies, you will end up with zero. But it appears you caught a bunny that liked you and you liked it back, her back. We're not using uh, pronouns. We'll call her a her. Um, but yeah, what, uh, and you started to feel a comfort. Does love remind you of comfort? What's, what's the psyche behind this? Cause you hate the comfort thing. Why, why are you linking in human connection with comfort? Is that part of the gig of you moving all over the, the, the globe here? What, what is this? Yeah, that's a great point. So I think, and that's what I think I realized on the beach. I think I was craving comfort and she was an amazing woman. I, I really respect her, you know, beauty. <laughs> She likes our reels. She likes our reels on Instagram. You yeah. should too, by the way. Beauty in inside, outside, all that. But um, I think she was giving me like that comfort, you know, being on the road for a while and, and you know, different people, different places. And, and she was really making me feel at home. And I think I maybe misconstrued those feelings for for the love. I don't know, because I, I think I got really strong feelings for her. But I think... Um, I was feeling such a certain way when I was about to leave was because I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to lose this, uh, this feeling again. Cause I got to go, go out in the jungle and, and go, what, go hunt for food and, and whatnot. And, and I think that really hit me on the beach. I was like, Oh my God, you know, I'm young. I, I need to go keep experiencing people, places, culture, and, and not settle. So I think that's what it was like creeping into me thinking like, Oh, should I cash in some chips right now? I mean, I wasn't, I knew I was going to leave no matter what, but I had these thoughts, you know what I mean? And, uh, and then I left and I got here and I, like I said, I was on the beach with these, these amazing people just drinking wine. We were at this, this little local beach thing. I get to go off the hidden path to it. And it was amazing views. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like I got the videos on the, the Instagram and this guy walks over to serve, you know, from a restaurant, the restaurant was like 30 minutes away. You know, and they're trying to, you know, get service and whatnot. So I ordered uh, a bottle of red wine because I already drank the first one I brought. And then I ordered this huge bowl of seafood, fried seafood. And uh, whatever, he comes back and, you know, he had to walk all the way over there, get the order. He comes back and it was 120 uh, reels. And that was, I think, $22. And the Brazilians that I, were, I was with were like, oh, my God, don't pay that. That is so overpriced. I'm like, he just walked 30 minutes, put my order in, brought me a full bottle of wine and a huge bowl of fried seafood on this amazing deserted beach. And $22 is a lot. That's the power of the dollar. Well, the power of the dollar these days is uh, up in the air. There's some crazy times we're living in with all this inflationary shit and whatnot. But yeah, it's interesting. I think your, uh, your travel experiences kind of points out how certain people value money. Um, and that could be, see, in Italy, where you were, um, and all of the countries surrounding it, cities surrounding it, I feel as if food is um, pretty high on the priority list. Like, it's a form of entertainment, culture, um, maybe even prestige, luxury. I don't know. Is it different in Brazil? Do they, from what you've seen so far, you've been there a week, maybe maybe less. Um, is food more of an afterthought? Well, I mean, in Italy everyone goes out to eat and you eat amazing food for amazing dinners for not that much. You know, that's part of the culture and it's the best food in the world, in my opinion. But you no, know, Brazil, their currency is super undervalued. Uh, the, I think Corona had some damage on there, but yeah, we talk about the dollar, you know, inflation and whatnot, but go spend it where it still matters or, or where it's expensive. Cause guess what? If the dollar gets inflated, the rest of the world's currencies are getting, you know, inflated or messed up because the, the, World Reserve, you know, the oil money, the petrodollar, it's, it's the freaking dollar. So maybe the dollar is hurting in your America, but it's still king's money pretty much everywhere else in the world. Yeah, and well, we're, we're seeing kind of the dawn of maybe the cryptocurrency age. We've, we've had people on to talk about it. You have been, I believe, thinking about getting into it. I've gotten into it, but not at a giant rate you know i'm not some high roller i'm not a whale i'm not a crypto whale or anything but uh that it's interesting to bring that into the equation because that is the king's currency still the dollar fiat money you know that well that's decades away from being replaced but i wonder how that would affect things impact things that's a that's a great point i've been following cryptocurrency since probably 2010 on, on the 4chan boards when dudes were buying pizzas for three thirteen thousand bitcoins and 
I've always said, oh, I'm going to buy and this and that. And then when I started really traveling, I'm like thinking, look how far the money I have already goes in these places. You know what I mean? Like I understand if I was in America and I, and if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you feel like you're broke, but here I'm living like a king, even in Italy. You know, that being said, I did have the teams paying for the apartment, which is a, a big plus, And I get paid to every month from this, um, from my, the, the football and then the work I do outside of it. So, but I don't feel like I need to take this crazy risk when I know I'm, getting a bottle of wine and a huge bowl of seafood on a beautiful beach while the guys, you know, the restaurant's 30 minutes away for $22. You know what I mean? It's like $22. I mean, what does that get you a Chipotle burrito now in the States? Yeah. And that's a good point. Maybe Americans feel, uh, I'd, I'd be interested to see the breakdown of um, which countries are investing in crypto as a form of a hedge, maybe. Because out there, you're like, what am I doing buying crypto? I got this for 22 bucks. I'm living like King Tut himself. But maybe Americans are getting pumped full of this propaganda by the news, whether it's real or if it's not, that inflation's real, your dollar's getting devalued, and therefore maybe we are, I say we as an American, because I am an American, um, maybe we are more susceptible to take the risk on crypto because we're scared. Is that a buying motivator? I don't know. It's interesting to think about, but... For you, why do it? I don't know. And there's other forms of, you know, investing. And, you know, real estate. You're a real estate guy. You come from real estate blood. B-L-L-O-O-D. Bold blood. And that's something you might be getting into soon, I hear. But business aside. Business aside. That's, that's very interesting to think about. Well, yeah, let me make a point here. So the average salary is about $250 a month in Florianapolis. And Florianapolis is one of the most beautiful places I've seen. I've seen a lot of different places. $250 a month. You know what I mean? And uh, that, that's what it just, it computes different. Money is, you look at it so much differently when you don't view it from, you know, I guess all your, what you get paid back home and when you had to save up to get a video game, like money is just, is, is, is different. It's different when you travel around and use the power of currencies and, and whatnot and, and lifestyle, like different cultures live different ways and how they spend their money and how they don't. But I put that up on the story, too. It's like, you know, these people are making $100,000 a year working online and they're throwing all their money into crypto because they want to get $10 million to live the lifestyle I live now in these different places, you know, because they need $10 million to live my lifestyle in America. But you know what I mean? So, like, that's what's my whole thought process on, like, and money changes and, and what it's used for. I think when you when you use different currencies or you, you play around in, in the world. Yeah, and it was interesting when you threw up that story because obviously you look at the number side of it, um, you look at it strictly as, okay, the American dollar is worth this here. But then you think about, okay, these guys making 100K in America feel broke. In Brazil, they'd feel not broke. But why, why do people need that money? Is it uh, for security in themselves? Is it a self-esteem thing? Is it to get those luxuries and the, these riches and these things that symbolize wealth or is money actually the motivator? I mean, it's, a, it's a wormhole, I think. But I think that travel you do, it's very eye-opening to human nature because I'm assuming that, you know, some people you've met in your very short time. How long have you been there? Five days? Yeah, I got here Friday the 14th. I mean, so you're not some cultural expert yet. No. But... I feel like they probably don't value uh, material things as highly as Americans do. I feel like Americans value it very high. And that's all about comparing yourself to your neighbor. Oh, their Escalade's pimped out. Nah, I feel poor. Oh, my car is doper than my neighbor's. I'm rich. I'm, I'm doing well. And really, it's not about comparing yourself to these other people. It's Well, it's the cons of uh, capitalism, which is, is the pro and a con because it made – me had this opportunity to do this here. Now, they all wish they had that opportunity making that kind of money there, but that's like, um, okay. It's like you, you, you're in the rat race. You're in the bubble. You think you only view things in American way. And I need to make this money to, to live a happy, you know, fulfilling life or to have experiences to get, uh, you know, a huge thing of sushi delivered to my house for $5. And, and it feels like nothing like that. You're in that mindset, but if you can just take out, and get out of it and realize, holy shit, I've been blessed with probably one of the best tickets to um, financial freedom by being born in the United States when you were born in the United States. 
and use that to where you're treated best, like in different places of the world, shout out the nomad capitalists, go where you're treated best. It's it, things are just different. You just, you just, you feel and you see things differently. Cause like I said, I mean, they wish they had these opportunities and this place is corrupt. All these places are usually corrupt. There's like a 0.001% that has all the money and the rest are poor. They get by and they still have, you know, happy, like they can buy cigarettes for a dollar they can drink $1 beer. So they still have something, you know what I mean? Like they're not like, you know, living on the streets. I mean, I got photos. I can show you this view right here. It doesn't look bad. Does it? Looks pretty nice to me. Very so nice. What, what I'm saying is just like leverage your money better. Like, take the money and put it where it's used best type deal. So another point I wanted to bring up is we got this, this, this money topic. Um, Cause I think we talk about it a lot. We hit on this, me and you, especially in chats, the idea of women and you just had the dating coach on um, our last episode. That's a good dude. I like him. All. What was his name? Matt Artisan. Artisan, the attraction, the attraction, man. He's in Mexico right now, Cancun. Um, okay. So in Europe, I dealt with Scandinavian women. That was very interesting. That's like free, um, you know, if they if they like spending time with you the first time, they want to have sex with you because they don't want to like wait a couple days, a couple dates, and then have no sexual chemistry. And it's very like even men and women. Then I went down south to Italy, which is more um, kind of old school. Like, you know, all the, the men used to have mistresses and it used to be more um, patriarchal, basically. And I felt the difference down there. The women were more feminine, um, you know, cook for you. They were good at that stuff. But it was also still I, I felt westernized. You know what I mean? Like there it was some American culture and, you know, I'm this boss ass bitch. And it was always kind of like not as much as America, like fighting with girls. There's always kind of like this little battle, which sometimes is hot. Right. It's sexy. It was a little less. And another big difference is the Italian woman. Like I could speak about like old school literature and languages and like, you know, fascinating stuff, like a deep physiological, philosophical conversation. So I went from America to Scandinavia and I'm like, okay, I like the Scandinavia's, you know, uh, this is great. Then I went down to Italy. I'm like, oh my God, I love the Mediterranean, the, the Latin people. And now that I've been in Brazil, I'm telling you, it is nuts. Like it's, it's like they treat you like a God and not just cause I'm a gringo, like this happens to the normal people here, but they're like the biggest ball of feminine energy ever. And then they're trying to make moves and touch you and kiss you and like make you feel loved. I'm like, I'm shocked. I'm blown away. Cause I mean, I wasn't no slouch in America. I, I got laid. I dealt with a lot of women in America, even when I came back a couple of times, but it's like a whole different world from America, Scandinavia to Italy. But I was so far I've been here for five days. I've hung out with a handful of different girls. And it's like my mind, I'm totally like blown, blown away by the the, the quality of women here. Not just appearance, but they're by far. I've never seen so many high girls in my life or pretty women. But how they like love you. They don't even know me. And they're, everyone wants to talk to you. Like they're excited. And not just to the gringo, I said. Like it's, it's like you're showered in love. It's amazing. So – you might be getting that human connection that you wanted to leave. You might get so much love that it might become comfortable. It might become comfortable and you may have to leave Brazil early at the rate you're leaving because, or the, the rate you're going, because you're going to get that comfort. You're, you're getting that comfort. You might get overdosed on that. And uh, that might turn into a comfort thing for you. I don't know. That's what it's kind of sounded like when you referenced your um, lady friend from where were you before? Italy. Italy, Bologna. So what's your, what's your strategy with that? What's your thinking behind that? Because your tolerance may go up or down, I guess. Your tolerance is going to go down in terms of human connection with uh, the feminine side. What happens when you leave Brazil and all of a sudden it's the, the video game is on hard mode again? Have you thought ahead? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, see, I, I don't mind the game. I, do, I really don't. But when it's like a girl trying to be a dude, it's like, I don't, I don't care for this. And I'm, I'm starting to get to the point really now. It's like, I don't, well, I have been for probably the last two years. I just don't, I don't need to put up with it anymore. I have options. I have abundance. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need this attitude. I don't need this, this like mindsets. Like I'm a man and you're a woman 
and I want the polarity like that. I'm going to respect you. I'm not going to be an asshole. I'm very honest and open about how I do relationships and, and, and like my lifestyle, but I don't want to put up with this shit no more. Too many dudes in America put up with this. And yes, yes, princess, I'll do anything because they don't get late. Nobody's getting basically late in America, only the top dudes. You know what I mean? But it's like, I, I so I dealt with um, American girls in Italy and around Europe because they go study abroad or um, vacation. You hear the police? There's some trouble here in Brazil, so you need to be – that's why it's a little cheaper too. But I, I dealt with them in the States. I'm just like, you know, it's better than it is in America. But it, it's like – I think it's what it is, you know, probably feminism. Fucked everything up. And I think the dudes just allow it. But I don't need to put up with it anymore. I'll go other places. I have other girls. I don't need to put up with it anymore. And it's not attractive whatsoever. So from your perspective, obviously in your um, – your, your uh, how do I say this? Your need structure as a human, as a, as a male, you need some sort of connection to the opposite sex, right? Um, and you know that you have abundance. You know that you're able to find that connection with the opposite sex. The Brazilian women, do they have a bigger need for it? Do they, do they want to, why are they doing this? What's the root cause? Do they want to start a family? Are they looking for a high value man that makes them feel protected uh, in terms of a theoretical family. Why do you think they are so outgoing and touchy and loving? So there's um, a lot of theories behind this. Um, one is family is very important in Brazil. So they, I think their mother tries to teach them how to be a woman. It's still like kind of old school thinking like, Hey, you know, you need to be in shape. You need to clean, you need to do different things to, you know, get a man and security and all that. But a lot of them are single till they're 30. They all look still freaking amazing. I've seen some 40 year olds that look out of this world. Um, another theory is in the most dangerous places or the poorest places are the most beautiful women. You know, I've noticed this in Eastern Europe, you, Ukraine and the Russian models. And then uh, like um, they say, like Colombia is unreal. And that was one of the most dangerous places in the world with Escobar. And um, similar with Brazil, it's always been hectic. And you hear about the, all the the robber or the robbings in Rio and Sao Paulo. Um, I don't know why it is. I just think it has to do with maybe the mindset and whatnot. And I think, um, I mean, everyone, I mean, basically agrees with this. There's a reason the red pill, the manosphere thing is blown up in the States because, you know, women are not fun to deal with in America. Um, the Western Europe, UK, like, are they, I mean, this is what a lot of people are experiencing. I know I've experienced it when I was younger. I'm just like, is this, is this what it was supposed to be type deal? And ever since I've been out of it, my mind is like shook. I'm like, oh my God, like this feels right. This feels like, you know, what I thought it was supposed to be like a balance, yang and the yang, man and the woman. Know what I mean? Like you're not battling. It's just love. It's amazing. It's fun. It's beautiful. And you referenced, um, the yin and the yang, we just had a story about that today. And it is all about balance in the end. A. B, you just mentioned that women, I think you alluded to this, women over there look better longer. Like there's a lot of 40-year-olds and older women that look good. And then you said that on the beach, they were like, why are you paying all that money for food? Like that's so much money for food. Like why are you doing that? Usually, you know, food that gets delivered and whatnot is full of processed shit to make it taste good and this and that. I wonder if the the, uh, the cost of food being high over there, that kind of deters people from getting that food that might not age, make you age as well, right? That could be a link because, I mean, what you eat is what you're fueling your body with. Food is fuel. That's my main belief, honestly, yeah, yeah, one of my main beliefs. I think that correlates. Food is um, relative to what they make. Like they're not, they're eating great. They eat the, the fruits and they have a lot of meats and, and all that stuff. I don't know why they, I think it's in there. I mean, it's, it's been like a known thing that the Brazilian women are the most beautiful in the world or next to like um, the, the Russian Slavic model type deal. You know, they're curvy. I, I think it's being next to the sea, the ocean or the good weather, obviously, too. But obviously people listening to this are going to be like, oh, you're American and, and they want to use your money or something like that. First of all, I've been around the block. I don't let people take advantage of, of me or, or whatnot. But I mean, like I was on Bumble and this girl... We were shooting back and forth, and 
I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go get a drink um, on this day. And, uh, you know, because I'm right next to, like, all the cool spots. Like, my Airbnb is freaking really nice. I like it, the location. And she's like, hey, like, I'm really, like, busy during the week, but why don't you just come over to my house and I'll cook you dinner at night instead? I'm like, okay, great. I don't have to go to a little bar and go right to your place to get a nice meal. Like, like that. I, I'm not, I never was offered that in America. You know what I mean? And it's like everyone is, when you meet them outside or you talk to them at, like, the cafe and stuff, it's like they're just full of like life and they're happy and and so I don't know. Like I said, you got to experience it to understand. But I I don't. I told you like I don't want to go back to America. There's there's no part of me that wants to live there. I'm glad I was born there. I'm glad I had the opportunity that I do with business there. But it there's not much that excites me anymore about being in America. So maybe they're full of life, or at least they seem full of life, and it's just much different in that aspect. Because the feminism movement hasn't really hit those countries. And I think something the feminism movement does is it makes girls guarded. It makes them feel as if they need to put up this tough manly wall, right? Which takes away from that feminine uh, divine energy. And I mean, see, look, I haven't been around. I haven't been around different countries like you have. But from an American's perspective, you're right. There is a lot of that with women here. Um, they, they just, they, there's a, there's a chip on their shoulder that's been manufactured, I think by news outlets and, uh, different movements. Maybe the, maybe the pendulum will swing back. Maybe it'll become more Brazilian in this aspect, but I, I do think that. Can Let me ask you this. Me personally, and I've been with them. I've slept with them. I don't think I've ever met someone that was 40 years old that never got married. That is like a lawyer or a high paying and strong, powerful woman. I don't think I've ever met this is my experience. One of them that was happy or that there was everything going right. I've, <laughs> I haven't. I, okay. I met this one. She just got divorced. Um, after three years, the, the husband beat her and she's got two kids and she was living her life down in Mallorca and we had a wonderful time and she was happy. So I, I take that back. But um, my point still, I think somewhat stands. I, I just don't think it's um, look, I don't care anymore because I don't have to deal with it. If I was in America, I'd be bitching about it. But now it doesn't matter to me because it doesn't really affect me. And if I do run across those people, I don't need to even, you know, I don't. Okay. Go bother the other guy. <laughs> I don't need this in my life. Amused mastery. It's kind of a good segue. But uh, and and we did story that as well. And seriously, I don't even want to. I don't want to keep plugging our social media like this. But our Instagram has turned into more or less a blog kind of on our stories. Um, and just today, we did something, or I did something on Amused Mastery. It's funny, by the way. Some of my friends that know me close said that they can look at a story and immediately know who put it up. And it, it's it's funny in that sense. But what I'm trying to say is. Our Instagram is full of stuff like this, what we're about to get into, the Amuse Mastery thing. And you you just brought it up, Nick. Um, that's kind of the mentality that you're exhibiting down there with these women that kind of give you this trouble, right? And um, I think it's an important thing, not only with women, but in all walks of life, to practice, to at least be aware of. And you kind of brought it to my attention last week, but I, and I realized I didn't know the exact phrase, Amuse Mastery. But it's something that has helped me a lot. I, I want you to kind of explain this to people where you heard it when you started utilizing it. Because like I said, I think it's valuable in all walks of life. And then I'll, I'll dive in with some thoughts after this. But tee it up for the audience. Amused Mastery, how does it relate to everything? It's basically like a person who who doesn't get worked up, who has done it, who doesn't let the little things affect them, who realizes so it, that we're, it's kind of, we're it's a, kind of stoicism a little bit. We're a speck in this freaking galaxy and what really matters. And it's like, you don't take life seriously, too seriously. It's not jokey, jokey, but you know, you see these people get worked up over the littlest things. They, they read one tweet and they're, they're mad for the rest of the day. Like amuse mastery is, with well, his definition, it's like you mastered the game and you're just having fun with it. And it is life. It's Hakuna Matata. Nothing. Everything rolls off your shoulder. Know what I mean? It's just it is what it is. Let's roll like 
You're having fun with life because that's what life is. It's a game. It's fun. You see all these people worked up and, and angry about the littlest things. And I've been there. I've been there. I've been that way. And the, the Muse Mastery just flips out on its head. Like, you don't got time for the bullshit. Like, it's just, no, I don't. It is what it is. I'm moving on. Boom. Yes. And so we talk a lot about this, right? And we so, for example, we talk a lot about, um, how do I say this? I mean, politics, government, a lot of big stuff like that that is meant to you know, provide structure, control people a little bit. You can throw the word sheep in there. And then you look at that and you look at us and you're like, aren't these guys supposed to be, you know, spreading positivity, positive vibes, uh, helpful advice, actionable. And you think, okay, why are they ragging on this so much? Well, the, the connect to that would be the term amused mastery. Like, it's just, we talk about it not to like scare you or, you know, make you think we're woke which I think we are. But if you can understand that, it, life is kind of like a game. We talk about the matrix. You're in it. Life's a video game. There's different levels. There's different challenges. If you look at it like that, I think you're going to have less anxiety. At least I do. For me, I have less anxiety. I worry less about things that happen to me. I, I rather look at it like, okay, this happens. Laugh about it. How do you beat it? What can you do to be actionable with it? And I think it just increases your confidence. Like you... If a girl, like, for, okay, for the females example, if a girl starts giving you shit, you're just kind of like, okay, well, I've seen this before. Like, let's just move on with it. Let's just move on with it. Let's learn. Um, and that's in any walk of life. You can kind of translate it to. Uh, help me connect the dots here. Here, 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 here. Okay. here. Let's just get the definition because it's explained better. Amuse mastery is taking a big picture outlook that life is a fun game you've mastered. So you respond to challenges and stress in a confident, relaxed detached and amused way you're not taking shit personal you're not taking it hard a great example of this because it just came to my mind was tom brady um there's like a meme that went around to him he ran for a first down and then he got tackled and he was like smiling and he like and, and it's just like that that dude's got seven rings he, he's always making jokes joking about himself like uh, everything and he's the ultimate competitor but he's just like it's like a, a game to him it's just fun to him that's what Amuse Mastery is. And it's like all those top people, like all the smooth operators you've seen, like Michael Jordan, he was toyed with people. You know what I mean? Like these are easy examples of sports and you can see their success visually. But it's just like that, like Hugh Hefner. Look at Hugh Hefner. You know what I mean? I mean, that guy was, everyone gave him so much shit, the Playboy stuff. And he just said, okay, look, I'm in a bathrobe right now in this huge mansion with 100 girls. I think I'm doing just fine. You can think what you want. <laughs> like that's Amuse Mastery. Yes. And to your point there, Hugh Hefner, a lot of guys look up to him, right? I mean, he's got something every guy wants deep down. And um, there's always going to be little birds chirping, no matter what you're doing, no matter how well you're doing. People hate Tom Brady just because he wins. And I think the uh, what, what he exhibits, Tom, in terms of amuse mastery is he's mastered the art of not giving a shit about anybody throwing negative comments at him. Like he know he's secure enough. He know, and I mean, who wouldn't be secure with seven Super Bowls? But I mean, those high performers know they they understand that no matter what you do, it's not going to be good enough for everybody. And that's part of the video game. It's part of the video game. It's being confident enough to uh, to to operate smoothly on your own time, your own way. And by the way, the people that are high performers, they're not cookie cutter, which means they're going to have some unique, easy target tendencies that you can rag on. Like Tom, like people just think he's some cheesy leader, programmed winner dude. While he's kind of taking a risk to be that way, a perceived risk, because other people are going to shit on him for it. But that's just part of the game. It's part of the game. If you have a unique tendency, which being unique is a superpower, by the way. I mean, you're going to be an easy target, but... Would you rather be an easy target for the losers that haven't done what you do? Or would you rather have all these high performers be like, dude, like be different, like do something different. Yeah. I think um, that is like the beginner stages of it or oh, okay. Why are you worrying about the critics and et cetera, et cetera. But I think the dudes that, that really get it, the dudes that really mastered it, they view like that life in the stoic lens and they're just having fun with it. They're, it life is a game. And there's the obstacles aren't stressful and that it's just okay. Hakuna Matata, you know, they work hard, they still do all their stuff. It's not like they're like a hippie, right? But it's 
it's just not that big of a deal. Like look at life in the big picture, like the definition. You're a speck on a little tiny thing. Like just relax and get over it and just keep moving type deal. But speaking of that, let's go to that John Gruden thing quick. I know you were scared to talk about this. Johnny Gruden. Scared to talk about this. I didn't like it. I'll tell you that. I didn't, I didn't like what the fallout from it. And I, speaking of the big picture, when you zoom out, okay, hold on. 10 years ago, if you would have told me this would have happened, I would have labeled you like some conspiracist. Yeah. I would have. <laughs> and everybody else would have. And there's been a lot of things lately that are happening where if you would have suggested this would happen in the past, you'd have been labeled a conspiracist. But I'm, uh, I'm more so concerned about the fallout and the long-term effects of this type of stuff because there's no privacy anymore. You can access anybody's emails. You can access anybody's text. You can do whatever. Pretty much everybody could get canceled. You said it. I mean, your football locker room, there's way worse language than what Gruden said on an email. And I, I'm just concerned for uh, the long-term effect of it because, I mean, look, somebody in the NFL wanted Gruden out. It's pretty obvious. They went through 650,000 emails. And you're telling me that Gruden's were the only ones that were like that? So, yeah. I mean, I think I think it was a hit job somewhere in the NFL. Maybe it had to do with his terrible contract where he was tied to uh, the Raiders for 10 years. But the bottom line is if uh, if, if, if you're looked at as a villain by the right people, like you're going to get you're going to get caught. You're going to get grudened. And it just, I don't like it for the optics of society. Yeah. So my thoughts on this is I think it's good because it's so stupid that I think it will accelerate the pendulum to swing because True. it's just, it gets to a point where it's like, yeah, I mean, how many people is he emailing? And like I said too, I've been in what 20 different locker rooms across the country and in the different countries. And I've heard 10 million times things worse than what he said in his um, emails. And it's just like, you know, but here's the thing is just, and this is what Trump did. And we put, put in the story. He's the only one that fought back. And you saw when he fought back, um, he won. He won. Know what I mean? Like uh, he, he played a little muse master. He got a little, um, little probably emotional. That, that dude's a different breed. But anyways, he fought back and he won. Uh, guess who just fought back recently? Joe Rogan. Now you're starting to see people that just okay. This is this is this is stupid because everyone's been saying it's stupid for five years when this thing basically started. You know what I mean? Well, are you, talking, are you talking about like the uh, the war on freedom of speech? Is that what you is that what you're referencing? Yeah, basically that. Um, and uh, the cancel shit. You know what I mean? Like everyone thinks it's already stupid, so it just has to get to a point where it's like it's so dumb that people are like, okay, we've we've had enough of this. You know what I mean? And I mean. But it's going to take someone to stand up and say, okay, F you guys. And I thought that was Trump, but obviously that just flipped it on this other end too. But yeah, it's just, it's hilarious. Like these people have no clue what's, well, they do. So you're right. It's probably hippies, but they have no clue what happens in a locker room. I mean, I don't know what these people think grown men who are full of testosterone hitting each other talk about in a locker room. A lot of these dudes don't have brain cells either. You know how many times I've got hit in the head? Like you get messed up a lot and you think we're watching our mouth. Like when we're going to war every day, come on, shut up. Like, but it's it's just it's funny. It's, it's funny, and I hope it, it accelerates the pendulum because I mean it's beyond it's beyond uh, stupid. Well, I think Gruden's a uh, interesting case study because a ESPN employed him for years, years before he went into coaching, and then when you turn on the TV the day after the Gruden news, you got dudes like Randy Moss, uh, Teddy Bruschi, Chris Carter, whatever. Like Randy Moss literally started crying on TV about it. I I don't know where that came from because I know. It's an dude. You're an NFL athlete. Like on the field, on the field alone. Like, what do you say in the heat of battle to people? Like, you can't have that mic'd up. Like, the whole world will go nuts if they heard that. And then the locker room—that's off the field, but that's still in confidentiality. I mean, there's still worse there. And then just the hypocrisy of these guys to go on ESPN and blast them when it's such an easy target when they were employing. They were employing Gruden for years, and they probably had a clue about him. Uh, and, I mean, I don't really know what there is to have a clue about. Like, a lot of guys are like that, no matter what race you are or sexual orientation. Like, no matter what it is, behind closed doors, shit gets set. And yeah. if you want to go down the path of restricting speech and what you can and can't say, dude, it's going to be – it's going gonna, it's gonna to get ugly. It's just so stupid, like you're saying. It's not worth it because cancel culture – 
you're going to end up canceling everybody and you're going to turn everybody into just robots that don't get close to any sensitive comments. I just, it's not good for the future outlook, but it's going to be interested to see, interesting to see what happens with Gruden long term. Cause I bet he'll be back on air. Once the, if the pendulum will swing back, I bet he'll be back on air and like loved in like 10 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like the, well, I took his stuff down at, at Tampa Bay and it's like, okay, well, what about all your, see, this is what aboutism, which I dislike, you know, and you know, this is like conservative talking point right now. Okay. What about the rappers at your uh, Super Bowl thing that say 10 times worse things in, the, in their raps? You know what I mean? Or, or what about all your Hall of Fame players that were, in the 60s or 50s that were in segregation that were you know dropping end bombs on the field like is all is there stuff coming down now but you know at the time it doesn't matter like people don't look at history relative they look at it like history should be we should all have the same views way back in and what was right what wasn't like in in the rome roman time uh slavery was totally normal you know what i mean do you know how many people were enslaved throughout europe do you know how many people the the ottoman uh, uh the turks enslaved i mean <laughs> slavery has been you know how many people have conquered each other through different uh, empires and raped and killed and Genghis Khans and the African tribes that enslaved each other and sold each other to the Atlantic slave trade? I mean, come on. It's just ridiculous. But, I mean, it's about power, and that's what it is. And the people who actually move and stuff, they take these little groups and have them fight on, on Twitter and go after everyone, but they're controlling it. You know what I mean? It's like, like what the NFL did. The NFL, they singled out Gruden because Goodell and him, I guess, don't like each other, right? And, and attacked him when you damn know well there was hundreds and hundreds of people in these emails. They went through, like you said, 655,000 emails from the Washington football team. And that guy's been a known, like, um, Dan Snyder. He, yeah, he's yeah. a known fool. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, but like I said, good, good. Accelerate this bad boy because it's going to get to a point that people just snap and say, enough is enough. So, until then, I'll watch from afar and I'll enjoy my life and I will be happy. And, um, but I'll be happy to when it, when it switches, but I'm not going to let things I can't control affect me. I used to, I used to a lot, especially when I lived in the States, I used to give a big fuck because obviously I'm maybe seeing it firsthand, even though I wasn't, if I looked outside my window, I hadn't seen it. I was seeing it on my cell phone, but now there's no reason for me to care. And I'm not gonna, besides giving you this wonderful content. One last thing on Gruden, look up Jason Whitlock's response to the whole thing. Whitlock is an older black journalist. He's on FS1, maybe. I don't know which channel. But his main point was, okay, so the big thing, the the, the biggest comment that Gruden made, and again, actually, to a whole other point, I have no idea what comments are actually true. They could be feeding us fake comments as part of the hit job. But the main comment that was picked up early on in this whole development was how Gruden called DeMarie Smith, who is the head of the NFL Players Union, I believe. Um, he, he like called his lips bigger than the Michelin man or something like that. And Wetlock went on TV live and he was like, okay, I, I have giant lips. Uh, it's like a trademark of my race. Are you guys really so sensitive that you're going to cancel him over this? Like, and he starts like flicking his lips around on TV. He's like, I'm proud of my lips. Like, like, are you guys really like that's like that sensitive about your lips to want to cancel this dude? Like, I've I've heard way worse. I've said way worse. Just basically stop being so sensitive. Like, stop playing the victim about this. Like, I just Whitlock's Whitlock's comments were interesting. And he was he was talking in response to Randy Moss breaking down on TV about it. Uh, It's just interesting. Look, it's just an interesting look. It's all it is inside the world. I do. I view all this as just one, it's power. It's something power people, they're going at it. Um, anyone that plays the victim, I think it's the lowest power play you can do. It's when you've totally given up and say, no, I, everything is uh, your fault and no, feel bad for me. It's like when the, they would sack, um, you know, castles and siege uh, cities at the end, after the fighting, you know, after the women got raped, after the people are enslaved, they would kill the older men if they're too old or whatever, and then they'd be put the white flag up or say, no, spare me, like, spare me. I'll be your, your servant and, and, and whatnot. But that's what it is. Like, I mean, it, well, I mean, I guess it's working for some people playing this victim because they get, you know, jobs and they have all these different things. And so great. Like you're, you're, you're using your power play and, and I wouldn't want my life to be that where I'm just, Oh, feel bad for me. So give me this. No, but 
people, I, I've, I've been viewing this a couple of years ago. I read something or that totally switched my mind on the whole, the victim thing. And I always catch myself, but anyone who does it, I look at them like, okay, it's a power move. It's a power move and that's manipulation one-on-one and that's what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? So but hey. like I said, I'm not dealing with this shit. I'm not, I ain't dealing with it. I don't have to, I don't need to. And well, just don't put yourself in a position where you need to. Cause I mean, I get it. I actually kind of somehow in a weird way, I kind of respect it. Cause some of these people I bet are actually not offended or, uh, you know, are that shaken up in their personal life about it. It's more so about playing the game. You know, we know some manipulators. We, uh, we, we've seen it firsthand. Like I've seen it out there with some people and I mean, they're not, maybe they're not offended at the end of the day. They just want to win the game. They want, they want the power. So they'll play the victim card, which I don't want to do. I probably have unknowingly, but I, I just don't understand. There's no nobility in playing that card unless you know the end game for you is is winning and getting the power and getting the sympathy i don't know but that's up to you that's up to you i don't i don't want to do that i don't think you want to do that maybe you're doing it with these brazilian women oh my god i have so much money like please don't take advantage of me don't do it don't do it <laughs> yeah yeah um you like my little uh, 9 to 5 spiel in the in the group chat yeah that was interesting i uh, i was kind of caught off guard cuz you're usually the guy that's perceived as being like, fuck the nine to five thing. So I, I was like, what? You're defending it? But that was interesting. A little talk. There was a little uh, side conversation going on where you mentioned that the nine to five and the current, the current system in place is actually the most efficient and effective and optimal way of having society run, which I actually agree with. Um, because if you look back throughout human history, industrial revolution, the Renaissance period, cavemen, that's way back. Um, there was nothing like that. There, there was no capitalism. There was no big business that, you know, created jobs. Well, I mean, we're lucky to live in this day and age. And if you, if, even if you got a nine to five, it's like, and even if you're unfulfilled at your nine to five, I would say you're still lucky. Because even in America, which is looked at as the richest country in the world, I don't know if it is or not. I can't trust any source, but you still see people on the streets, like begging for money, sleeping on sidewalks, doing this, doing that. And it's actually kind of interesting to step back and look at the human timeline and be like, damn, uh, I'm not hunting down a giant bear for food for my family to live to see tomorrow. I don't need to make a bow and arrow out of my bare hands. I mean, the industrial revolution you got all these tools in place. You got a car to drive. You got a fucking toaster to make your bread crisp. I mean, so many things have come with technology and the, the advancement of human civilization. Hundred years ago, it'd be 110. You could be a seven-year-old boy working in a factory for 16 hours a day, making way less than any sort of minimum wage, developing cancer in your lungs. That was 110 years ago. You know what I mean? And since probably 1940, maybe the only person that could get um, what we can get on Uber Eats right now were kings and emperors and the emperor still couldn't get no Chinese food, the Roman empire. They still had no connection. I mean, you know what I mean? But my whole point was that is uh, the nine to five thing. It's like, yeah. Like, and it goes back to my money point in Brazil. I'm like, dude, you can make a hundred thousand dollars, even with your nine to five, save that shit up and just move to Brazil and you can retire and live like a king. And I mean, like the opportunity is endless, but We've been so blessed, especially the American system, to, to have these opportunities through the nine to five and, and people bitch and complain and it's unfulfilled. But I'm like, okay, then you need to get out of the matrix. You're given this perfect little situation, the nine to five, then you need okay, go invest in crypto. Let's make the side thing, uh, let's do real estate. Like you can get out of it, you know what I mean? But don't think for one second that this system hasn't produced the greatest middle class, you know, there ever was and, and created more millionaires and, and and financial free people and like. Yeah, it was put in place to make people productive. You talk about the Bell system. You talk about the Rockefeller education. Yeah, it was trying to get everyone in this this cog and be a cog in the in the wheels and, and make things happen instead of being, you know, kings and peasants. And it worked. But if you if you don't want to go through the nine to five grind and, and slowly sneak out of it, but still, you know, hundred million times better than anything else we've had in the past. Well, and here's my problem with things right now: people are arguing that technology is bad. Like that it's that it's terrible for the society, that it's taken away jobs, that it's taken away traditional roles. I don't fucking know. But 
it's created like social media alone. If you are complaining about your job, social media is like evolving as a marketplace alone. Like all you need to do is learn how to operate Instagram and take advantage of hashtags and this shit and that shit. Like there, you, you should have a money making opportunity no matter what you're doing or no matter where you're born. Like the possibilities are endless. And I think they're only exponentially growing. Like, I don't think technology is killing off jobs. They're just replacing them with different avenues to get money. Like, I, I just, I don't understand the ragging on the current day and age because there is so much opportunity, not only, not only online, but even like third-party sellers. You got Amazon, you got e-commerce, and then you put the phone down and even away from social media, there's, there's so much opportunity. Right now, the job market's crazy. That was part of why I switched off my old job but i mean my 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 main point is along with what you're saying the nine to five thing the society the societal structure everything that's going on so many opportunities you're not stuck whatsoever like people think they're stuck in the mud and sinking but like you're saying if you have money and you do feel stuck the nine to five then take that capital and go elsewhere real estate social media the side thing whatever it, it goes back to the, the talk with the girls, the talk about the money. It's just bubble thinking. So you grow up in America and you believe that $100,000 a year is not enough because you see on social media and you see around you the, the, the Ferraris and the nice cars or, you know, the rich people and you compare yourself to that. And that's all you know. And it's great. I've said it. It's great. And it's terrible. The bubble thinking is what's made us uh, like exponentially wealthy and competitive and America was been the top dog for so long and so much money and power and, and et cetera, et cetera. But on the flip end, it's like someone making $70,000 locationally location independent can live like a King in 95% of the world. But in their head, Oh my God, I don't have uh, a $50,000 Rolex. I can't go to Miami and, and get, buy a penthouse. So they're broke. It's like, dude, there's a million other places that are cooler than Miami with better looking girls, with better food, with this and that. Like, it's just, it's just the bubble. You know what I mean? It's just lack of um, knowledge, ignorance, or, or whatever. And, and it's, it's good and it's bad. It's good and it's bad, I think. I mean, I think the bottom line is if you take action and be okay, people think that like taking action is, uh, you know, it's got to be in within certain confines or certain structures, like you have limited options. You have the globe to make your playground <laughs> like there, there is so many different things you can do, but people rule them out subconsciously just because it's uh, uncomfortable or outside of the bubble thinking. Well, I'll tell you what, too. And that, here's the point. A reason why a lot of people don't do it because it's not easy. I've been through a lot of shit with this travel life. Uh, easy things, language barriers, being away from family, not having um, anything that's like what you're used to. Um, I just had fraud on my credit card. Someone stole that, so I had to get that fixed. Um, there's been times where I've had no cell phone data. I don't know where the hell I was. I've been in sketchy, sketchy situations. We had a friend that tried doing this in Mexico and almost got killed multiple times, got his phone stolen. So, yeah, fortune does favor the bold. And uh, you're not just going to be given things and it's going to be a walk in the park. You, I've had talks with you, and I've said it on this podcast, I've had very stressful, very emotional times on this, this road. But then the highs are me on a beach with beautiful woman paying $20 for a huge fried seafood thing and a huge bottle of wine. And yeah, so yeah, if you, it's just never, nothing's going to be given to you. Like it's not easy, you know what I mean? But it's there and you just got to get the, the knowledge and the experience and, and, and figure it out. But the biggest point I got to make, dude, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars, you're rich, you're rich and you're beyond blessed. And if you're not fulfilled, then do something else because like it's crazy how much opportunity and how much you should be grateful if you were born in the United States of America. Doesn't mean I want to live there. I, I don't want to live there. Maybe in 10, 15 years, depends on what happens. But take the best of the United States and then go where you're treated best. Hey, so I use this term with friends too. Sometimes I talk to certain friends about certain things because I know that's a strong suit of theirs. I call it selective communication. I'm going to coin that phrase. Take America 
take its strengths, utilize them. And then, I mean, I'm in America. I'm not moving anytime soon. But like you, you took experience from America. You took it elsewhere selectively. You selectively took the benefits. You don't need to take the full offering of whatever situation you're in. Just take a few things and then, you know, put it somewhere else. There's plenty of options out there. Uh, I'm trying to think about people that would be offended by this right now. Like we're being naive or something. Oh, you're, you guys are 25. You're, you're trying to do Amuse Mastery. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. Exactly. Very true. Let me get back to the Amuse Mastery. I actually want, I want some people to come my way. I want to be able to be amused and master it. But it's selective. Just, you know, in, 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 a, in a nutshell, like back to this like uh, friendship communication type of thing. My point is you don't need to take, okay, if you got a friend named Bob, uh, he's super good with crypto and he is, uh, you know, he knows a lot about working out, but he's a party animal and he drags you down in that sense. He always makes you drink. Well, okay. Then selectively use his crypto knowledge and use his workout knowledge and his tips and use that, but don't take the full offering. Like you're not stuck with him for everything in your life. Just take the pros, ditch the cons, replace his cons with somebody else's pros. No, that's a great point. Yeah, and you're right too. Like you don't need to move from America, but then if if you don't want to take that step, then you need to figure out and deal with it. Um, what you got, <laughs> and you can't bitch because I I promise you this. My life is ten million times better, and I had a good life. I, I lived like uh, what they said, like what you look in the the movies, wherever like the QB and then uh, all that kind of stuff. Like you know, I had a good life, and my life is a million times better outside of here. But I totally agree. You don't need to move, but you can, um, you can't bitch then. And you got to figure out different ways and selective communication and selective, whatever you just said, that was brilliant. That, that is a great point. Good. I know I do. I do like that. I didn't even see, this is what I like. We get on a recording and just the bold energy starts going, you know, we don't, you don't need a format. You don't need to be a cookie cutter format, man. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like you. I like you way better after about 30 minutes. The first like 15, you're doing that voice and you're Mr. Ray. Then you get more real as the, the, the time ticks. Well, this is what happens. I get on a podcast and you're in full spring chicken mode, just fucking firing <laughs> off about double wood. I'm not ready for it. I just got out of my corporate office and then I get more comfortable. I start I start selectively oozing bold energy, but I'm never I'm never ready for you in the beginning. I'll tell you that. So maybe we get maybe we need to play some uh, some second half nuzzy to the front half. I don't know. We'll have to shuffle around. We're not confined. Don't play the victim. No, hundred percent. Hey guys, make sure to check out our Insta. We've been we've been posting a ton of content, like the reels, and I know you're doing good on the TikTok too. But I think our our stories, people keep coming back to them because it's like it's mind thinking. Like we we don't post no goofy stuff. Like you're it's good consumable content that'll make you think it's not mind numbing. Um, sometimes I get a little intense, but I try to make it fun and I'm not trying to be like with negative energy. I'm just trying to, you, sometimes the, the NASCAR driver goes off the railings. If he, if he's on Reddit too much, that's a, that's a problem for me. Reddit, Reddit is a NASCAR zone. I mean, that's what the internet is though. It'll, it's designed to make you feel some type of way. Yep. And uh, it's internet wins. No, that's all I got. All of it it is designed to get you to click and to get your emotions going. Good or bad, it don't matter. Actually, bad is better because bad, you take more action. Like, that's good. It's like, oh, that's cool. Like, who, who, who really watches? I'll tell you what, if good stuff sold and made money from the internet and the news, you'd have good stories on the news. And you don't. It's all negative because that gets you action you know what i mean like so be, be careful with that like it's it, it's it's fake too go listen back i think a year and a half ago gail's meyer amnesia effect that was one of the most fascinating things that i found that i still try to practice every day is um how fake the news is because this guy had uh he was like a famous uh, uh chemist or something like that and he did this this, this uh, experiment and this um reporter wrote about it and he's looking at it, he's like this didn't happen. No, that, that, that was different. This is completely false. Is he, what is he, is he lying here? Like, this is totally wrong. And he said like 75, 80% of it was bullshit. And then he would go read the um, economics page of the newspaper after he read his chemistry thing. And he would take that as hundred percent true. 
but he just saw what happened in his own expertise field, how the reporter butched it like a, like a maniac. And then I thought back about that because I've had a lot of things written about me with sports and a lot of them have been like, no, that's exaggerated. This isn't true. This is, where did this come from? Oh, that's kind of right. And if you can stick that in your head, everything you see on the internet, everything on the newspaper, whatever, that's very good for you. You know what I mean? It's like what our, what our parents used to tell us. And now they're the worst with it. Don't believe anything on the internet. It's all fake. And now you see them posting every Facebook thing about like the most crazy things. Like, yeah, the internet is slippery slope. You need to be very consciously aware. And I still don't think that's enough because it hits you subconsciously. Amuse mastery. Just realize that everything's not true. Some things may be true. Selectively, they may be true. No matter what you're doing, just make sure it's for a good cause. Whatever you choose to consume and digest and comprehend as true, just make sure it's doing you some sort of good. That's what I would say. I go to our link tree and we should put that double wood um, code in there and the, the link and we got to make a reel for it. But I'm telling you what, like we're not promoting or doing any affiliate marketing for anything we don't take or recommend. Oh, by the way, we're not doctors. So don't take our uh, med medical advice. Go talk to your doctor. It's worked for me. I like it, but it might not work for you. Um, but any affiliate marketing we do, which we're trying to do a lot more as we finish this year into the to the next year, because we want to make some fucking money too off this. We put a lot of work in it. We don't do ads, but we're doing this affiliate thing to, to give good products, good value to, to you, and then you can help support us by taking the good value from us. Boom. I like it. My lunch break is uh, ticking down here, my, uh, my selective lunch break, so. I'm going to go back in there and just start shouting at people to uh, not play the victim. I hope I'm around by the end of the day. All right, guys. Have a wonderful time. Uh, send us any comments, what you think about these these interesting topics. And uh, uh, what is it called? Abrogado. Thank you for listening. Ciao, ciao. Live <laughs> ball.